And please turn with me in your Bible to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Tonight we'll be looking at verses 22 through 29. As we continue the study that I've been doing on Wednesday nights on the book of Romans. Though the Apostle Paul had not visited the church in Rome to whom he writes, uh, he concludes this epistle in a very personal way, uh, which reminds us that he wrote the doctrine in this epistle to a real church that he truly cared about. We are in the middle uh, of his conclusion, these personal remarks that he makes, and I'm going to read to us now uh, verses 22 through 29. As I do so, please stand in honor of the word of God, if you are able. <clears throat> Verse 22. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, and to be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints of Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. When therefore I have completed this, have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. This is God's holy word. Please be seated. I put two questions in the bulletin for us to discuss. The first asks, how does this passage apply to modern missions? You may want to look back through the passage how does this passage apply to modern missions? Dad. We have people in our world who have never heard. We have an obligation to take the word to them. All right, so the Apostle Paul's ambition was to take the gospel to people who had never heard of Christ before and still in our day. Uh, we have many in this world who have not even heard the name of Jesus Christ, let alone uh, the gospel of Christ. So certainly there still is the very same need of taking the gospel uh, to further regions. Anyone else? How does this passage apply to modern missions? Gabriel. We also see that churches that are supposed to send Mm -hmm. Right, so Paul is writing to the church at Rome, um, and he, he speaks of how he desires to, to spend some time with them and to be sent by them um, out to Spain uh, with, with, with the gospel. So today, just as back then, uh, we need churches uh, to send missionaries. Any other thoughts on how this passage um, applies to modern missions. Before we even dive into it, I already want you to be thinking you know, in these, these terms. Uh, we'll be going further into this. The second question is, how does this passage pertain to fellowship between churches? How does this passage pertain to fellowship between churches? Uh, Titus. Right, so we see here that Paul is taking a collection uh, from Gentile churches, and he is going to deliver that uh, to the church in Jerusalem uh, because there's a real financial need there. So uh, that's what you're referring to. And can you repeat what you said about that? Well, just just repeat what you said earlier. All right. So. Um, Still today, uh, churches are to care about one another, including caring for each other financially. Any other thoughts? 
And then how does this passage in Romans 15 pertain to fellowship between the churches? Caleb. You see this um, happening from two churches that that are not near to each other. They haven't heard about They haven't um, met each other, um, but they've only heard about them. And so we, as, a, as being in fellowship with churches all around the world, we need to be, um, we can have that fellowship with them even though we don't know them personally. Um, we can pray for them. We can um, give so you noted that Paul spoke about churches in Achaia, in Macedonia, sending money to the church in Jerusalem, which was quite a distance away. So they're not helping their, it, it, these are not their neighbors that they're helping. These, these are people that they've never met, but they love and they care for because they're fellow believers in one body, the body of Christ. And so today, we're not just to care for churches that are geographically close to us, but others that are more, more more distant, because we are part of one body, the body of Christ. Any other thoughts? Initial thoughts? Yeah, Enoch. Alright, so when it speaks about sharing money, it's that's not the only thing that's to be shared. People are to be shared as well. You see that in the book of Acts. You see that in Paul's epistles, that churches would send people to other churches to minister. Good, good, good thoughts. All right, let's dive into uh, studying this passage together, having already thought about some of the ways that this passage pertains uh, to the church today. In the first section of this passage, we see hope, to visit the church in Rome. We see the Apostle Paul's hope to visit the church in Rome. Look at verse 22 in Romans 15. Paul writes, This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. So we have to ask ourselves when we study this, what is the reason that he's referring to? He says, this is the reason. What, what is he talking about? Well, he's, what he's referring to goes back to what he said in verses 18 through 21 about being called to minister the gospel in Gentile lands where Christ has not been named. Paul personally had been called by the Lord Jesus Christ to minister the gospel in Gentile lands where Christ has not been named. Look back at verse 18. Verse 18, For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum. Does anyone remember from our last time in Romans where Illyricum was? It was just west of Macedonia. It's about the westernmost part that Paul had gone up to this point uh, with the gospel. So that from Jerusalem and all the way around to America, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see. And those who have never heard will understand. So Paul has spoken about how he was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. The Lord Jesus Christ had personally called him to minister the gospel in Gentile lands where Christ had not been named. So we can call him a pioneer missionary. Paul understood this was his calling. So what has kept Paul from coming to the church in Rome is not a lack of desire to do so. When he began this letter in chapter 1, he spoke of how for a, a significant period of time he has desired uh, to, to visit them and to preach the gospel to them. Uh, he has been praying faithfully for them. So what has kept Paul from going to the church in Rome has not been a lack of desire. But rather, what has kept him from doing so is his faithfulness 
to his calling from the Lord Jesus Christ to be a pioneer missionary. There have always been further places that he has needed to go with the gospel in this ministry that the Apostle Paul has given to him. And so he's not been able to work it out uh, to go to Rome because he's been busy doing the work that the Lord Jesus Christ has given him to do as a pioneer missionary. Now continue in verse 23. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain. Now it's striking that he says here in verse 23, I no longer have any room for work in these regions. This is not because there was no more gospel ministry to be done in these regions. There certainly was. But it's because there was, there was a growing church or churches in each of these regions which was spreading the gospel in their region. There was much gospel ministry still to be done. There were many people in the regions who had never heard the gospel of, of, of Christ. Uh, there were many people who had been saved in these regions who needed to grow and be, mat- be matured in Christ. They needed to be taught. They needed to be shepherded. But Paul knew that's not the ministry that Christ had called him to. And so he says, that I, I no longer have any room for work in these regions. There has been a church planted in each region that is growing and that is a witness for Christ in that region so there's no longer room for for any work um, in these regions for the Apostle Paul. He says, um, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain. Now Spain would include modern day Spain and also would include Portugal. That all was called Spain in that day. And Spain, in Paul's day, was a major center of commerce and culture in the Western Roman Empire. In the book of Acts, you see Paul going to the large cities, uh, because from the large cities, the gospel can quickly spread to other places throughout that region. As far as Paul knew, and as far as we know, Spain was a region at that time where Christ was not yet named. And so Paul's ambition was to take the gospel further west. The next region west would be Spain, beyond Rome. The gospel's already in Rome. He's not been there. He doesn't need to spend time uh, planting churches in, in Rome. He'll go beyond Rome to Spain. That's his plan. So he goes on in verse 24 and says, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you. Now, there's a Greek word in the original that's translated to be helped on my journey. And this Greek word also is used in similar passages that I've listed for you in your notes. I want you to see some other contexts in similar contexts in which this is Used. In 1 Corinthians 16.6, Paul says to the church in Corinth, And perhaps I will stay with you, or even spend the winter, so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. I put in bold the words that come from the same Greek word. So that you may help me on my journey. 1 Corinthians 16.10-11 When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am so that no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me. For I'm expecting him with the brothers. Help him on his way. The same term. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. To die to yourself is a great question. Um, and when we think about dying to ourselves, we think about what Jesus said. Um, when he said that to be his follower, we must deny ourselves Take up our cross and follow me. So, and you were asking specifically about denying, denying oneself. So, denying oneself goes together with taking up one's cross, and it goes together with following Jesus Christ. Who are you? Somebody asked me, who are you? Who are you? Um, I would say, 
my name is Steve Sherman, and I am a, a sinner saved by God's grace. I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 16. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and have you send me on my way to Judea. Send me on my way. Same same term. Titus 3.13. Do your best to speed Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing. Same term. 3 John 5-8. This is probably the most helpful cross-reference. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. So the Apostle John is writing to a church, and he says, you will do well to send these, these traveling ministers of the gospel who have spent time ministering among you. You will do well to send them on their journey. He talks about we ought to support people like these. So this is not just saying, I'm so glad to see you. I hope things will go well for you. But it's supporting someone. It's helping someone on the journey that they're about to take. Here in our text, Romans chapter 15, verse 24, Paul says, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed your company for a while. In what ways could the church in Rome potentially have helped Paul on a missionary journey to Spain? Paul stopped in Rome first. Before going to Spain, what ways could the church in Rome help Paul on his journey? First, Debbie? I don't know if this is what you're looking for, but um, I think they need some one who would be refreshing by keeping everything. Yes. And, um, you know, he'll be um, tested and able to continue his journey. He can provide spiritual refreshment, spiritual encouragement. Mom? Maybe you need some finances to get to Spain? Yes. So providing financially for for his his journey um, and for some of the time where he is going to be ministering in, in Spain, uh, praying for this work. Paul oftentimes in his epistles asks for prayer uh, for his ministry. Absolutely. What else can we add to that? So, so far, we have Financial support, prayer support, encouragement. Titus? Supplies. Providing uh, for any uh, material things that the Apostle Paul would need on his journey. And there's at least one more. Also, maybe send brothers with him. Yes. Brothers, co workers, co laborers. You see that throughout the book of Acts, you see that through Paul's epistles, that there, there are brothers in churches that Paul has planted who end up going with him in some of his ministry, laboring alongside him. He always has a team that he's a part of. And so the church in Rome potentially could help Paul on his journey to Spain and his ministry there in all of those ways. And Paul even may have in mind that they potentially could become his home church, his sending church. Antioch has been. You know, he would go on, the, the church in Antioch would send him out on a missionary journey, and then he would come back to the church in Antioch, and then he would report to them what the Lord had, had done. He'd have a time of refreshment there, and then they would send him out again. They were what we would call his home church, or his sending church. Now, Spain is a long way from Antioch. It's not very practical for the church in Antioch to be the sending church for missionary in Spain at this time in history. Rome would be much more practical. 
as a sending church, a home church for the Apostle Paul, a home base that he can go to Spain, he can come back to Rome, be refreshed there, sent out again uh, to further parts of Spain or even other regions. Right. So in all these ways, uh, potentially the church in Rome could help the Apostle Paul on his journey and ministry in Spain. And he may have in mind all of those. We don't know for sure, uh, but all of those are consistent with what we see elsewhere in Paul's ministry. Now, Paul goes on in verse 24. I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed your company for a while. So he really does care for these brothers and sisters. And, and if the Lord does enable him to stop there, he, he's going to spend some time there with them. His intention is to fellowship with them, minister to them while he is with them. So that is Paul's plan uh, to visit Rome. Yes. Um, well, actually, we're going to stay on this, um, and then afterwards, you know, I would love to, to hear any questions you have that are unrelated to this passage, and I'll, I'll do my best to answer those. After seeing Paul's uh, plan to visit the church in in Rome, we see his plan to visit the church in Jerusalem. Let's continue at verse twenty-five. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. So Paul says that he is bringing aid to the saints. Or literally, as the New American Standard translates it, he is serving the saints in Jerusalem. Not, not that he is there among them, but that is what he's preparing to do. That's what he's going to do. He will bring aid to them. He will serve the saints in Jerusalem. Uh, we see here in these verses that the churches in Macedonia and Achaia were happy to, quote, make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. Or more literally, as the Legacy Standard Bible renders it, to share with the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. The Greek noun is koinonia, the word that is translated fellowship in the New Testament. What is fellowship? We talk all the time about fellowship. We even have fellowship in our church name, Christian Fellowship Church. What is fellowship? It's believers sharing in something together. That's fellowship between Christians. Christians sharing in something together. And Paul here is, uh, says that the churches in Macedonia and Achaia were happy to make some contribution to share with the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. Now, as, as Paul brings this offering to the poor saints in Jerusalem, this helps fulfill a request that James, the brother of Jesus, the Apostle Peter, and the Apostle John made of Paul in Galatians chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. So I want you to turn over one book to the right, I'm sorry, uh, three books to the right, to Galatians chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 9 and 10. This happened sometime before our text. In Galatians chapter 2. Uh, the Apostle Paul, very early on in his during his ministry, he went to Jerusalem and he spent a little bit of time with the Apostles there. And we read in verse 9, And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Who are the circumcised? Jews. That we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor. The very thing I was eager to do. So almost from the beginning, if not the beginning, of the Jerusalem church, there were a significant number of members in the Jerusalem church 
who were very poor. And here, as these these pillars of the Jerusalem church are speaking with the Apostle Paul and recognizing that Christ has sent him to the Gentiles with the gospel, they say that there's one thing that we want you to do as you go to the Gentiles, and that is to remember the poor among us. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul organizes on his third missionary journey, is a, a large collection from these churches that Paul has planted in Gentile lands for the brethren in Jerusalem. This collection for the poor saints in Jerusalem was organized by Paul throughout his third missionary journey and is mentioned in all the epistles that he wrote during this journey. Turn over to 1 Corinthians. So back two books. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 to see what Paul said in his first letter to the Corinthians um, about the collection. Verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. So the, so Paul didn't just collect from Macedonia and Achaia, which he mentions in our text, but he also collected from churches he had planted in Asia Minor, like the churches of Galatia. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do, on the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so there will be no collecting when I come. When I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. Then turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So some time has passed. Paul is writing another inspired epistle to the church in Corinth, which was part of which uh, Roman province, it's mentioned in our text, Achaia, part of Achaia, the capital of Achaia. Chapter 8, verse 1. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. So those Gentiles who participated in this collection, they didn't necessarily participate because they had a lot of wealth. There were some very poor Gentile believers who were very eager uh, to, to care in this way for their brethren in Jerusalem, and they gave generously out of the little that they had. They were eager to do so. Go down to verse 7. Verse 7. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. So, no one was forced to participate in this, but Paul strongly exhorted the Gentile believers to participate in this. Verse 8, I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. So Paul intended this gift from the Gentile churches to be an expression of love. To show the love that they had for their brethren in Jerusalem. Go down to verse 24. Verse 24, so give proof before the churches of your love and of our boasting about you to these men. Again, it was a, an indication of their love. Then go down to chapter 9, verse 12. 9-12. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God, that would be the Jews who received this gift. They will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. Well, they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. So, the brothers in Jerusalem, they were praying for the Gentile brethren in these areas where Paul had taken the gospel. There was a mutual love that Paul wanted to be displayed. The Jewish brothers 
They loved, they cared for their Gentile brothers. They shared it with their prayers for them. The Gentile churches, who overall had more means than the Jerusalem brothers, they were to show their love by contributing financially to the needs of the Jerusalem brothers. Come back to our text in Romans 15. Continue in verse 27. Romans 15, 27. Paul says of Macedonia and Achaia, that is of the churches there, for they were pleased to do it. That was they were pleased to, to give towards the needs of the Jew, Jewish believers in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it. And indeed they owe it to them, for if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. So Paul says something very significant here in verse 27. He says that the the Gentiles have come to share in the Jews' spiritual blessings. There's a theme in this epistle. The theme verse of the book, chapter 1, verse 16, says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. There was a priority that was to be placed upon the Jew receiving the gospel. Why was there to be a priority on the Jew? Why was the Jew to first receive the gospel and then the Greek? Well, go forward to chapter 9, verses 4 and 5. Chapter 9, verses 4 and 5. Paul says of the Jews, which he has spoken of how he prays for the salvation of his Jewish brothers. He says in verse 4, They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. To them belong the covenants. To them belong the promises of God. So Paul says in our text, the Gentiles have come to share in the Jews' spiritual blessings. This word to share is koinoneo, the verb form of the noun koinonia that we saw earlier. It means fellowship. Gentile believers have come to share, Paul says, in the Jews' spiritual blessings. Correspondingly, the Gentiles, they are to share materially with the Jewish brothers, to whom belong the spiritual blessings. Who have shared those blessings with the Gentiles. The spiritual blessings that Paul speaks of here are the gospel and all its associated blessings. The gospel promises belong to the Jews, and it was from the Jews that the Gentiles first heard the gospel. The Jews were not to keep them for themselves. They were to share the gospel with the nations. They were first given to the Jews. And the Jews are the ones who first shared the gospel with the Gentiles. So Paul says the Gentiles have come to share in the Jews' spiritual blessings, And the Gentiles are also to be of service to the Jewish believers in material blessings. For Paul, the collection for the poor saints in Jerusalem was not only about meeting a material need. It was about meeting a material need, but it wasn't just about meeting material need. Even more, it was a token of fellowship between believing Jews living in the Jewish heartland and believing Gentiles living in Gentile lands. It showed the mutual love and unity between Jews and Gentiles in the church universal. Think about the historical context. Why would this, at this point in history, be important to the Apostle Paul? What's happened historically just prior to this, the last few decades before this. Is it important to show this fellowship? This mutual love, this mutual care, that they are members of one body. Why is that important? Yes? 
Before Christ came, um, the religion of God's people was to be a come and see religion. Israel was to be holy as God is holy. They were to be set apart. And they were to be a light to the nations as the nations would come and see God in their midst. Now, that changes with the coming of Christ. It changes from a come and see religion to a go and tell religion. There were dietary laws that kept Jews from closely associating the Gentiles. A Jew could not go and eat in the home of a Gentile. Think of the difficulty that the Apostle Peter had uh, when he's given that vision of unclean animals and he's told, rise, kill, and eat. And it's signifying that he needs to go to the Gentiles in the, the, the home of uh, I'm blanking on his name. What was his name? Cornelius. Cornelius, thank you. To go to the home of Cornelius, a Gentile home with the gospel. If he had not first received that vision from the Lord, he would have said, no way. I'm not going in a Gentile home. Everything changed with the coming of Christ and as the church was called to take the gospel out to the Gentile nations. And the gospel is not a gospel of become a Jew through works of the law and believe in Christ for salvation. The gospel that was to be proclaimed is salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, not by works of the law. And so, one does not become a Jew in order to then become a Christian. No, the gospel is for all peoples. And so, there was, as you would expect, where you had Jewish believers who had grown up under the Mosaic law, which was meant to set them apart from the Gentiles, as you would expect, there were difficulties in the early decades of the church in fellowship between Jewish and Gentile believers. And so this offering is very significant in the Apostle Paul's mind. Where we have a demonstration of the fellowship between Gentile believers, Jewish believers, a mutual love and care for one another, recognizing each other as fellow members of one body. So it's not just about meeting a physical need. There's spiritual significance in this collection. So while the Apostle Paul, he has his eyes on Spain, that next region where Christ is not named to take the gospel, it's very important that before he goes there, he personally brings, together with other brothers, this collection to the saints in Jerusalem. Now, lastly, we see in verses 28 and 29, Paul's plan to take the gospel to Spain. Look at verse 28. Uh, actually, we have to turn back to Romans 15. Romans 15, verse 28. When, therefore, I have completed this, that is, taking the collection um, to the saints in Jerusalem, when therefore I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. And if you have the ESV, you will find probably a footnote in verse, the middle of verse 28, after the phrase, um, and have delivered to them what has been collected. And the translators of the ESV um, tell you with that footnote that it, the Greek literally means sealed to them this fruit. When therefore I have completed this and have sealed to them this fruit, 
I will leave for Spain by way of you. He's speaking of the money that has been collected by these Gentile churches for the brothers in Jerusalem. He speaks of this collection as fruit. Fruit of the gospel. As this offering was a result of the gospel's effect upon the hearts of those who gave. So they were reflecting the gospel in the love that they were showing for the brethren in Jerusalem. This is the fruit of the gospel. Now Paul says, I will leave for Spain by way of you. This is Paul's plan. A plan that is, of course, subject to God's sovereign plan. In verse 29, he says, I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. He seems to mean here that the fullness of Christ's blessing will be upon Paul as he comes to them. And also, he seems to have in mind that Paul will minister the fullness of Christ's blessing to the church. Now, when you read the rest of the New Testament, you see that in God's sovereign plan, Paul would come to them in very different circumstances than Paul anticipated coming to them in. In what circumstances would Paul come to the church in Rome? I see Gabriel going like this. Tell us, Gabriel. He's going to be put, he's going to be arrested, and He's going to be arrested all the way back in the land of Israel. And then he's going to be taken to Rome to stand trial. And he will be in prison, under really under house arrest. Um, not, not really in, in prison like we think of prison. But he will be under house arrest in Rome for a significant period of time. Um, and that's where the, where the book of Acts ends with the Apostle Paul under house arrest in Rome. So he will come to the church in Rome, but under those circumstances, not what he anticipated. Yet, still, what Paul says here would hold true when he says in verse 29, I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I put in your notes what Paul writes from house arrest in Rome to the church in Philippian, in, in Philippi. In the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verses 12 through 14, he says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. All that interaction with the church in Rome, when he was under house arrest. Members of the church would come and visit him. And and he would fellowship with them, he would minister to them, and then they would take his words back to the church. And Paul here says, most of the brothers in Rome, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without. That was the ministry that the Lord Jesus intended for the Apostle Paul to have amongst the church, the members of the church in Rome. Not what he anticipated, but still the blessing of Christ being ministered through the Apostle Paul to the church there. Now, we don't know if Paul ever made it to Spain. There's probably speculations um, about that, but we don't know for sure if he ever made it to Spain. But certainly God's plan was fulfilled, because God's plan is always fulfilled. We read in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. The heart of the Apostle Paul planned his way, but the Lord established his steps, which were somewhat different from what he had planned. And so it is with all of us. In our hearts, we plan our way, but it is our sovereign Lord who establishes, who determines our steps, our course. Well, in application, 
Uh, first of all, uh, we, we, we can apply this to missions. Uh, we, we see here that missions require some believers to go. Like the Apostle Paul, he was going to people with the gospel. He was going to regions where Christ had not been named. Missions require some believers to go and some believers to send. Or we could say some believers to support. What Paul was um, encouraging the church in Rome to do for him. Missions requires both. Some to go, some to send, or to support. Supporting our missionaries is something into which we are to put, put our hearts. Our church uh, financially supports various missionaries. Um, we seek to prayerfully support those missionaries as part of our prayer time on Wednesday evenings. Supporting our missionaries is something into which we are to put our hearts. I want you to think about, can you list the names of the missionaries that our church supports, that we as a church support? Each of us should be able to, to list those names. We should be familiar with them. And we're going to have a great opportunity as a church um, in the beginning of July uh, when a missionary family whom we support um, is going to be with us. It's been a long time since I have, have seen them. It's so wonderful to have them with us. And we as a church will have an opportunity to encourage them, to seek to strengthen them, um, that they would be refreshed, um, and that we might know them better so that we might more faithfully support them in prayer. The second point of application, we are to love and care for other local churches, especially those that we wouldn't care for apart from being saved by the gospel. Apart from being saved from the gospel, the churches in Achaia, in Macedonia that Paul speaks of, they wouldn't be loving and caring for anyone in Jerusalem. We're to love and care for other local churches, especially those that we wouldn't care for apart from being saved by the gospel. This reminded me of a point that Pastor Ed Moore of North Shore Baptist Church made at a pastor's conference um, that Esther and I went to, to recently. Uh, he was speaking on the pastor and humility. And he challenged us to lead our churches in helping other local churches, as opposed to, to seeking to grow our church. So don't focus on growing your church. Focus on leading your church and caring for and helping other local churches. Christ came not to be served, but to serve. And the local church itself is to serve other churches. We have a picnic with Bread of Life Fellowship coming up on June 24th at 11 a.m. at Fellowship Deaconry. Come. It's an opportunity for us to care for brothers and sisters of another local church. It's very good for us to do. We, we see here an example. A fellowship between churches. Uh, come. And when you come, focus on caring for our brothers and sisters of Bread of Life. Every Sunday and every Wednesday, we gather together here at our church, as Christian Fellowship Church. But how often do we fellowship with other churches? Not that often. When we do, our focus needs to be on caring for them, serving them. All right. Any questions, comments uh, related to anything that we've seen, Debbie? Um, when you say that we should care for other churches, is that just like-minded churches? Well, certainly there will be a stronger care for like-minded churches. Um, yeah, there, there, there's reasons why we have different, say, denominations, um, because we have some theological differences that that are significant. Um, and so we, we, we can do ministry with and cooperate um, with other churches to different extents um, depending on the nature of what we're doing together. Um, we can only have the closest fellowship with those who, who are like-minded. Mom. Well,
Connie. But then I also remember what a blessing when we first moved into this building and we had this huge expense to get things up to par and bread of life who don't even have their own building gave us a very generous financial gift to help them down. That's the sort of thing that we, we, we see in our passage. Any other questions, comments? Good. It's also just a reminder to us about our giving and how we are to give and think about giving sacrificially as you were talking about uh, Paul stopping in Rome and perhaps taking co-laborers with him. I thought, well, what if there was, say, a, a husband or, or someone who was supporting, say, an, an elderly relative or something like that, and their income was being taken away, and the church would be responsible for taking care of those who are left behind as well, as well as potentially the, the co-laborer that went. And so um, we should also be exhorted or, or encouraged to think about our own giving and how we can be giving sacrificially so that we can, as a church, not only see to our own needs, also contribute to the needs of, of missionaries as well as other churches as well. If there's no more questions and comments, then let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gospel of Christ by which we are included in the body of Christ. Lord, uh, we have seen in this text of Paul's love and care for the Roman believers, the Jerusalem believers, um, and for the unsaved, uh, the lost in Spain. Oh Lord, may we also um, have a, a love for the lost. Lord, grow us in, in the work of missions. In, including taking the gospel to unreached people groups. Grow us, Father, in supporting the missionaries that we are currently connected with. We pray, Father, that you would also grow us uh, in serving other local churches, helping other local churches, caring for them. And uh, we pray, Father, that this would be a a display of the gospel. Lord, we pray that you would help us both corporately and individually uh, to apply these things to our lives for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.